1: I want to read this text really quickly. We were just talking to the former mayor of Kansas City, Mayor Sly James. He is on the committee to vote yes for the downtown stadium and also the renovation at Kauffman Stadium. And my point before the break was, I understand that the Chiefs are on the ticket. Like, I understand that. I don't know if that's what is really driving the conversation and what is going to drive people to the poll, at least in the divisive part. I think the divisive part is the downtown stadium and where they are planning on building it. Someone on the text line says, CDOT, you are missing the point. The issue is whether people think billionaires should be able to ask the public to fund their toys, the same toys that we all enjoy together. That's the dilemma. That's why people vote yes or no. I don't mean this to sound callous and maybe in some examples I am incorrect, but I just assume that we pay taxes on most of the things that we have. Like Rob, when was the last time that you went to the Kansas city zoo? For example, like, when was the last time that you went. It's
3: been a while, but I've been, I've been in the zoo. I went to a, a better example and I've been to the slope park golf course, which is part of the parks and rec department. That's last summer. Do you know that everything
1: that you buy in Kansas city, you pay a tax towards the zoo?
3: I did know that. Yeah, it was approved
1: by the voters. Mm -hmm. Now, some of you maybe have never been to the zoo, right? But it's something nice. That's in Kansas city that you pay into every time that you buy something. Now I understand one is like an educational thing and the sports complex is not. I understand that the chiefs generate way more money than the zoo. I'm simply using that as an example of almost all of the entertainment things that we enjoy Our taxes help pay for it. So at least for me in this, the three-eighths of a cent sales tax, as someone who lives in Jackson County, if you were telling me that this is a very simple yes or no, do you want the stadium to continue to be where you live? Because trust me, if you vote no on this and this thing doesn't pass, then another county, they will then have the same vote of, do you want these teams that Jackson County said they didn't want? So I understand if that is it of, hey, I wish all of these stadiums were privately funded. That is just not the America that we live in. And that very few of the stadiums that maybe you have been to, that you have traveled to, very few of those stadiums are 100% privately funded. They are usually funded in a lot of different ways. The Super Bowl was just in Las Vegas. That stadium is really funded by tourism. When you go to Las Vegas and you stay at a hotel, some of that money that you pay goes directly to the football stadium. And I've never been inside Allegiant stadium before. I just maybe at least for me, and I could just be off on the issue. And again, I'm willing to acknowledge that I just, I'm surprised that that is the holdup for so many people in this issue of, well, I don't want to pay for this because I, I, I just, I just, that's America, right? Like we, we pay taxes on things. I get it. If you don't want to pay the tax on the thing, but trust me, they're not going to stop playing football, the chiefs or the Royals. So maybe you live in Jackson County and you will stop paying it. You will just pay that tax. If you go, and it's not just people that live in Jackson. If you have come to Jackson County and paid for something, you have helped pay for the stadium to remain in Jackson County.
3: That just seems like American commerce and how it works. I would agree. And I saw this similar on the text line. I just want to echo it. Cause I agree. I don't think billionaires should be asking for tons and tons of public money. But I also understand the billionaire's perspective. The entity I own benefits everyone. So why is not everyone pitching in? And I understand both sides of that. But I feel like if your hardline stance is John Sherman and Clark Hunt are billionaires, I won't pay, pass, then it's a little bit myopic in thinking. It's a little bit too narrow-minded. There's a lot at play here. And if you want to vote no, that's your prerogative. Vote no. Me and you will just disagree. I don't have a vote. I don't know if that person has a vote. But I feel like too often these complex conversations like the stadium tax get boiled down into a one sentence, and that's where people create a hard line. And I don't think that's good for the future of Jackson County.
1: Yeah, and I'm just sitting here reading the text line. I, I mean, I I think the the beauty of this is in the end, like, Really only your opinion matters on this. Like, I've I've told you my opinion. Like, I I plan on voting yes on this thing. In the end, I think what makes this such an interesting topic is, I I guess, again, for for me, the pushback in, I don't want to pay in on this anymore. This just seems like the cover charge for having the team where it is. And almost every team in every city, they have to pay this cover. Like, this is not a unique Kansas City thing. There are very few stadiums right now that are privately funded, 100%. Almost every team, if you want the teams to remain there, this is just what it costs. They are asking you if you want to continue to do that. And trust me, if you live in Jackson County and you don't want to do it, there are surrounding counties that will very, very happily, they will take the deal that you don't want. And trust me, they will be willing to give more of your tax money to incentivize it for them to leave from Jackson County because they understand that is how areas lose their team. That is how teams leave the inner city to move out to the suburbs that happened in Atlanta that happened in Oakland. Now I know that my mayor slide James used the example of the, of them moving to Las Vegas. That is the same thing that happened where they were in Oakland, California, They then moved across the bay to San Francisco, California. So I have not tried to tell anybody how to vote on this thing. That is not my place. And you are an adult. You have the ability to go to the poll and make your own decision. But I at least want people to understand sort of what their yes vote and what their no vote means coming up in a couple of weeks. Rob, let's get to the hits.
4: When you're stuck in traffic on your drive home, the drive gets you caught up on the biggest sports stories in Kansas city and around the country. It's the hits only on the drive. Number one. Well, Kennton
3: we have spent a lot of the infancy at least of the chiefs off season talking about luxurious need and Chris Jones. And don't worry. We will talk about both of them in the hits, but I wanted to lead off the hits with the rest of the off season plan as James Palmer, friend of the show was at the combine today and he talked to Brett Veach and he said they're going to have a very different game plan at one position. This off season. It's
1: fascinating because I remember sitting at this combine last year and talking to Brett Veach going, Kadarius, Tony is going to be our number one. We're very confident in that. He hasn't been used in the way we want to use him in the number past. That's what we're moving forward with. And you look at the struggles they had at the receiver position throughout the course of the season. Obviously, Rasheed Rice, the rookie, ends up getting much, much more uh, improved as the season goes on. But look for them to have a little bit different approach this offseason in terms of free agency, looking at wide receivers, my understanding, looking at them in the draft as well. They obviously have two big names in free agency coming up in Jerry Sneed and Chris Jones, and you take care of But the receiver spot, I will say, will have a little bit different approach.
3: Carrington, last offseason the Chiefs, basically didn't add any wide receivers until the second day of the draft. What do you think James Palmer means when he says a different approach? Could that mean it's money time in KC for a wide out?
1: You know what? Let's fade the music down. And I guess we haven't really talked a lot about maybe the other wide receivers that we want the chiefs to kind of go out and grab, right? Like if you were asking me right now, realistically, Who would I like the Chiefs to go out and get in free agency? I think Calvin Ridley makes a lot of sense. Now, Calvin Ridley certainly is not the perfect free agent candidate, but I think there is a – I don't think the Chiefs are maybe willing to spend the money to go get a high-end wide receiver free agent. Not when you think about the guys that they have on their team. Maybe they bring back Chris Jones. They might potentially have to franchise tag or at least have LeJarrius need play under the franchise tag this year. They need to address left tackle. They have to also think in a vacuum of what the next couple of years are going to look like is Nick Bolton's contract comes up. Creed Humphrey contract comes up. Trey McDuffie's contract comes up. So I'm not sure if they're going to spend the 20, 25 million dollars it takes to go out and get a wide receiver. But I do think that they want to make a significant impact on the position and get a player that sort of moves the needle. I think that player is Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley fits the kind of the kind of receiver that they like. I think it's the style of receiver that they like. I also think that it's realistically going to be on their price range. I think you could get Calvin Ridley for 2 years, 28 million dollars, maybe even cheaper than that. I think there's probably five wide receivers that really matter in free agency. You then have that kind of second tier that you can maybe dive into. And you also look at the first round of the NFL draft. And I think there's going to be maybe four or five impact guys in this draft that I think that's going to bring the cost down, maybe a little bit on some of those veterans. You also got to factor in with Calvin Ridley. We know about his off the field history. He has dealt with injuries before and he's 29 years old. I think you can get Calvin Ridley at a pretty decent price. So if you were asking me today who I would put my money on, who I would bet on, no pun intended, with Calvin Ridley. Really? I like him. No no pun intended You're on Calvin punny. Ridley. Come on, No, Al. not at all. Not, I wouldn't do Calvin. I wouldn't do parlay poppy that way. I,
3: I like Calvin Ridley. Here's my thing with Calvin Ridley. And by the way, I, we we just differ on wide receiver this year. I think the Chiefs are going to treat wide receiver the way they treat O-line after the Bucks are Bowl. It's an overhaul. We've seen MVS already get cut. Mr. Applebee's is headed somewhere else. I don't think Kadarius Tony's on this roster on opening day next year. McCole Hardman, we'll talk about him later in the, this hour. He may have talked his way off any future with the Chiefs as well. I think it's basically going to be Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, and a lot of new. But my thing with Calvin Ridley is Brett Veach has never, ever, ever spent real currency, like big money, on a player his age. Brett Veach treats free agency like Leonardo DiCaprio treats women. If you're over 25, no thank you. Sammy Watkins, Anthony Hitchens, Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark, Orlando Brown Jr. when that trade happened, Joe Tooney when they signed him. The list goes on and on. He has a type in free agency, and it is you are on your second. You're about to hit your second contract. That's when you get your real money. You're 25, you're 26, at most you're 27, and we're giving you two three-year deals. We don't want you on our roster with a big number when you have a three in front of your age. And Calvin Ridley's about to turn into the magic number 30. Last year, one of the reasons me and you never thought the Chiefs were actually a contender for DeAndre Hopkins, his age. He doesn't fit the profile that the Chiefs are looking for. I'm surprised that you're pro-Calvin Ridley knowing what Brett Veach knows about age. Yeah, again, I,
1: I just I, I guess I think with them like this, one of the texts that we have see getting Calvin really on a good deal means nothing. If he's missing games due to injury, I at least think in this conversation, it's kind of like uh, maybe you have this person in your life, Rob, that this happens to me all the time. Because, you know, sometimes I'm the ticket fairy. My friend will want to go to the Chiefs game and then I'll be like, well, how much do you want to spend? Eh, I want to spend like $100 a ticket. All right, you're going to be in 342. No, nah, man, I want to be closer. Well, then you're not getting closer for $100 a ticket. So either you need to come with more money or you need to be willing to sit in 342 row P and cheer your heart out. That do you want to spend significant money on a wide receiver this offseason? If you want to, you can get Michael Pittman at $25 million. If you want to, you can go get Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans is getting paid this offseason. So I think at least for me, I'm trying to find the right value of a very productive player and also that's kind of fitting their price range and also acknowledging this text that says getting Calvin really on a good deal means nothing if he's missing game due to injuries. There's really no perfect free agency candidate. That's why they've hit free agency An NFL team decided. I don't want to keep that player anymore. We know there are a, a large handful of players that you would never let test the open market. That for as great as Chris Jones is, Imagine that the chiefs can't get a deal. If you are another team trying to get Chris Jones, you have a couple of really serious questions. You are paying a player that is clearly on like, I don't want to say the downside of his career, but he is now 30 years old. There is then the question of, Hey, if we make him the highest paid defensive player in the league, do you get the same energy from that player that you have before? Like there's just always going to be questions when it comes to free agency. That's why, at least for me on Calvin Ridley, I'm very interested on signing him on a two-year deal. Or it's a three-year deal that's really a two-year deal, kind of like what happened with NVS, right? Like, NVS signed a three-year deal. I think we all knew it was really a two-year deal, so they cut him and and they
3: got rid of him. I just think the Chiefs are far more likely to may not fork over Mike Evans' Michael Pittman money. But in that same vein, maybe a little bit more than you're talking about, they're far more likely to be in the Hollywood Brown sweepstakes. They're far more likely to be in the Gabe Davis sweepstakes. They're far I more really like- have Calvin Ridley to have both of those guys you just named. I think mean, they're far more likely to be in the Mooney, Davis, and Hollywood Brown game because of their age. Now, maybe you've got to pay a little premium. You're paying for premium gas as opposed to unleaded. But I don't think they're going to break the bank and get the – Pittman Jr. Evans type, but I don't think they're going to cheap it up for a 30-year-old and Calvin Ridley and just try to get by again. I think they're going to try to find someone in their age window, and free agencies inherently always paying over value. I think Gabe Davis, Darnell Mooney, or Hollywood Brown is a chief in the next month or so, and we're talking about them as, hey, the Chiefs may have overpaid, but they've overhauled their wide receiver room, and it started with that move.
1: Yeah, I like Calvin Ridley last year. Like, I think Calvin Ridley had, like, a, a really good season. It's also, like, important to note, he turns 30 late in the year. His birthday is in December, so it's late late in the year. I mean, this year, Calvin Ridley, I mean, he had 76 catches for over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. I don't think Calvin Ridley's kind of ho-hum. And I give him a lot of credit for a guy that missed a pretty significant amount of time for everything that happened. I mean, like Calvin Ridley played in 2020. He then played five games in 2021 and then didn't play at all in 2022. For him to miss as much time as he did and then came back and had 76 catches, 4,000 yards, and eight touchdowns, I think Calvin really
3: had a pretty strong year last year. Yeah, I'm not trying I don't to consider him to be very ho-hum. I'm not diminishing his ability. He had a nice season last season. I just don't think you. you – really, I'm shocked you like Darnell Mooney so much. Darnell Mooney to me is – he just – I think the Chiefs are – looking for that type of guy. And I also don't think they're a one and done at wide receiver. You're making it sound like they're going to sign Ridley and they're going to be like, all right, we're pretty good. If you had Rice, Mooney, a pick Moore at wide receiver four, I feel like you are a lot better, a lot better off. You're making it sound like it's Rice and Ridley and we're good. I don't know. That's enough.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's not top tier. I would say B level free agent. I would consider Calvin Ridley to be a B level free agent. I think it's Calvin Ridley rice. I think they take another Cornell Powell type swing in the draft. And then that's the play. I actually think they're going to be much more involved in the running back market than maybe you think they're going to be. And I think that's going to be that. They're not maybe necessarily looking at it as improving the wide receiver. They just needed more playmakers offensively than they had last year. And they just didn't have a lot of playmakers that if you go get Calvin Ridley and let's say you spend a little bit of money on Antonio Gibson or you spend a little bit of money on Austin Eckler, and I think you can get Austin Eckler at a pretty decent price, I think that addresses a lot of their issues when it comes to this offensive firepower. They just didn't have a lot
3: last year. That's why I think what you're going to see is free agent, maybe a veteran free agent, similar to what you got MVS for and then a draft pick. And I think the days of talking about Justin Watson or hey, is is this finally the game that, you know, Kadarius Tony breaks out. I think those conversations are dead and gone. I'm I'm just using him as a placeholder, but I think a Mooney type, a Gabe Davis type, a player of that Hollywood Brown, a player be, like I,
1: that. I'd be much more interested in Gabe Davis than I'd be in Darnell Mooney. I, I just
3: think you
1: and I are just maybe a little bit different on Darnell Mooney. I mean, he's had less than 500 yards receiving these last two years and has three touchdowns the last two seasons. To me, Darnell Mooney is, you already have Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney is McCole Hardman. That's kind of how I view him. So that's just not a player that I'd be super interested in spending a whole lot of money on. You remember, I wanted him at the trade deadline, I, hey, I thought you pick up Darnell Mooney. He's still on a rookie deal. Hey, you let him ball out. So I, I don't dislike Darnell Mooney. But if that's all they did, like if you're telling me they got Darnell Mooney, they brought back Rasheed Rice, and they spent a third-round pick on a wide receiver, I'd be very disappointed on how they spent their money when it comes to those resources.
3: I think there's another player in the fold, though. I think it's veteran, not literally OBJ, but an OBJ type, a guy who's going to get one-year 9.5 million dollars incentive laden who's got a track record in the league but you know probably has a little bit ju- a little bit of juice left you get a darnell mooney type I, i'm using him again as my placeholder darnell mooney and you draft another second round wide receiver pick a second round wide receiver that you like name name a guy there's so many in the draft this year that's fine ad mitchell if he falls out of the first round fine if you add those three Plus, for She Rice, now your wide receiver room is totally rehabbed, and a rehabbed wide receiver room keeps Travis Kelsey young. One of the reasons this show talked about how Travis Kelsey looked like he was fighting Father Time is because he was fighting Father Time while simultaneously being the only weapon available to the Kansas City Chiefs. That is a heavy burden to haul up and down for 17-plus games a season. That is not the Chiefs' best interest to have him doing that again. So I think it's two free agents – one in the premium cash, one in the veteran go-get-it-done cash, and then a day-two pick. That's think the Chiefs plan at wide receiver. I want to read to you
1: guys a little bit of an excerpt from a story from our guy Nate Taylor, and we can react to it more coming up on the other side. The headline reads, The Chiefs have growing optimism that they'll keep Chris Jones with a new contract. In this story... It says, in the corners of downtown bars, in the lobby of several hotels, and even negotiations behind closed doors, most of the conversations at the NFL combine surrounding Chris Jones have reached an understandable, unanimous sentiment. Quote, he deserves to get paid, one league source said earlier this week. I would give him a ton, another league source said. Quote, he should get a massive deal from the Chiefs, a third NFL source said. The race to retain Jones began this week. The Chiefs hope to do that just before 11 a.m. Central on March 11th when agents of unrestricted free agents can enter contract negotiations with any interested team. Chiefs general manager Brett Veach acknowledged Tuesday that re-signing Jones is the team's top priority. By Thursday afternoon, when several members of the organization flew home to Kansas City, there was, quote, growing optimism, according to league sources, that the Chiefs will agree to a new contract with Jones before free agency. Let me ask you this. I'm processing what I just read. Is it possible the Chiefs are setting you up for the okey-doke? Because you know how the Chiefs get down. And let me put on my cynical hat for a minute. If Chris Jones doesn't sign, we know what the campaign will be. Hey, we were really optimistic. We were really hopeful. We made him a good offer. He just took the most money that was available. Is it possible that the Chiefs are setting up all of this optimism as, I mean, we are 10 days away from the start of free agency? 11 days? I know I'm not that far off with my math. If you were telling me that they have until March 11th to get this deal done, and on March 11th at 11 a.m., Chris Jones can then talk to any other team in the league, is it possible the Chiefs are setting us up? Because I think they've done this before. I think they've set you up with the, hey, we like him. Hey, we appreciate him. They kind of did that with Tyra Matthew. Remember that? The Tyra Matthew offseason. Hey, this guy's so important. Of course, we want to work things out. They never offered Tyra Matthew a contract. and let Tyra Matthew leave in free agency. I think they kind of did that with Orlando Brown. Hey, the conversations are going well. Of course, we are franchise tag and we're working on it. Hey, look, we offered him this deal. He just wouldn't take it. Are they setting us up to do the exact same thing with Chris Jones? Because that's kind of what it sounds like. To have the everybody in Indianapolis thinks that he should get paid and the Chiefs are feeling real optimistic about getting a deal. Okay. They also felt optimistic last year about getting a deal done, right? They had to be. You and I thought, man, there's no chance they go to St. Joe and not have a deal done. Like, I bet you if we find optimism, I could find you a story in June that reads almost exactly like that. I'll do that during the break. I'll find a story from June last year that Nate wrote about Chris Jones, and I bet you the sentiment in the NFL was that they were going to get a deal done, and yet it never
3: got done. I think it's possible the Chiefs are setting us up for the uop. It's possible. I think there's a little difference here, though. The timeline on the setup. Remember, they were talking big about Tyron Matthew. We love Tyron. Tyron's our guy. Tyron's a leader of our defense. Tyron, Tyron, Tyron. It was all Tyron talk. And then football started in the final year's deal, and it stopped. The Tyron talk about his contract ended. And you'll remember, it's probably somewhere in the system. It may have gotten deleted out. After the Chiefs lost to the Bengals, which was Tyron's last game in Kansas City, he had a press conference at the end of the game. It was Zoom. He's a very emotional. He's near tears. He's about how he loves Kansas city and how he wishes he could stay here in that moment. I think everyone knew, Oh, he's gone. It's done because you don't have that level of emotion. If he's staying, I think everyone knew it's over. Unlike Chris Jones, who the season has ended and the chiefs are currently negotiating, or at least representatives are currently talking to the cats brothers. They are in the postseason trying to get him extended, and deadlines make deals. I think it's possible the setup is happening, but the timeline on the setup is not how the Chiefs have historically done the setup. They did this with Orlando Brown Jr., too. But remember, the season ended, and all the setup ended, too. It was, we're going to wash our hands of this. The timeline on this one is very different. Can I read you a story? from June? Is it from June? Oh, don't worry. Hold on. This is from Pro Football
1: Talk. Chris Jones has been angling for a contract extension all offseason. General Manager Brett Veach said at the end of the offseason that the team felt good about their chances of striking a deal with the all-pro. It appears that feeling remains in place. Jeff Darlington of ESPN reported on Tuesday's SportsCenter that the Chiefs are optimistic about their chances of getting a deal done with Jones and that, quote, they're likely to get a deal done before training camp. That was on July 11th of 2023. All I'm saying is the conversation to me sounds exactly like what happened in June or July. And we know when they didn't reach a deal, then we started getting, hey, look, we offered them this. Hey, we really want Chris Jones in Kansas City. I just feel like I'm being set up again. You tell me if you guys agree. 913 586 7610. So, according to Nate Taylor, the Chiefs left Indianapolis overly optimistic in getting a deal done. They were also optimistic in July to get a deal done, and it was likely to happen before training camp. And Chris Jones was not at any of the offseason things for the Kansas City Chiefs. This just feels very eerily similar. Keep it right here, Mr. Drive.
4: The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
4: Your home for Chiefs football in Kansas City is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. So
1: we're talking about this story that was written from Diana Rossini and our guy Nate Taylor of The Athletic. The race to retain Chris Jones began this week. The Chiefs hope to do just that before 11 a.m. Central on March 11th when agents of unrestricted free agents can enter contract negotiations with any interested team. Chiefs General Manager Brett Veach acknowledged on Tuesday that re-signing Jones is the team's top priority. By Thursday afternoon, when several members of the organization flew home, There was, quote, growing optimism, according to league sources, that the Chiefs will agree to a new contract with Jones before free agency. Now, I am here to be optimistic about the Chiefs. I also get paid to tell you my honest and true opinions. I think they are setting us up. Rob is on the side of, hey, this is a little bit different this time. I read you a story from July. That was on Pro Football Talk that said there was growing optimism. Someone on the text line said, CDOT, find me an article that's not from Mike Florio, who wrote Andy Reid was retiring this year. I don't trust anything that he said. I think it's important to note that in this story, he was sourcing Jeff Darlington of ESPN, but that's perfectly fine. So remember, the story that I just read you was from Diana Rossini. It was posted 52 minutes ago. This was Diana Rossini on August 3rd of last year.
4: The Chris Jones, the most recent stuff. I had a conversation with someone this morning uh, that's involved in the negotiations, and they, they still feel really optimistic. They're going to get it done. Like the, like the number Chris Jones wants is, it, it's a big number. It's a big number. But uh, the Chiefs, every conversation I've had with them over the last few months has been nothing but you know understanding his value, understanding his role in the team. We want to get this done. We feel good we're going to get this done. We're optimistic. Um, So that's one of those where I think it feels a little icky right now, but I think it's going to work out by the time we get to at least the third, fourth week of camp here.
1: That was Diana Rossini in August. It was almost the same report. It was the same report in August. I'm not saying that I don't trust Diana Rossini's reporting because I do. And I believe that she's hearing this from someone in the know. I believe she's hearing this from the chiefs. I don't believe them anymore on this topic. I don't believe them. They told Jeff Darlington in July. They were optimistic. They told Diana Rossini in August. They were optimistic. They told Diana Rossini and Nate Taylor earlier today. They were optimistic. I don't believe them anymore. What stopped you from getting a deal done? You had all off season it was it was the worst holdout situation in the league. The worst one, every other player who held out eventually showed up before the season started. every single one, except yours. Now, I'm not saying that Chris Jones is without blame in that scenario. But T.J. Hawkinson had an ear infection for the entire training camp, and they eventually got a deal done. Remember Nick Bosa? Nick Bosa also was in a very similar situation. He got a deal done last year. Everybody that is comparable that was in a very similar situation got a deal done, showed up to camp, ready to play, was there week one. Except the Chiefs. I'm now supposed to trust that they're optimistic about getting a deal done. You're the boy that cried wolf. You've told me this too many times. You've told me that you're on the way. You live 10 minutes away. It's been over an hour. I don't want to hear that you're on the way anymore. Tell me when you pull up and I'll come outside. That's where I am with the Chiefs. They keep telling me we're close. Rob, have you ever been like about to eat? They keep telling you, oh, just a couple more minutes. Bro, you've been saying that for an hour. And there's. There there's no food in front of me. I'm hungry. That's where I am with the Chiefs. So text line maybe that's me being pessimistic, but you can't keep telling me you're optimistic about getting a deal done and there ain't no deal done. You told me this all last summer. You guys didn't get a deal done. And now if you're Chris Jones, you are 11 days away from the start of free agency. And now you're optimistic. You get a deal done based on what, based on what leverage, what leverage do you have in this scenario? If he doesn't sign the deal that you want, he can just go talk to anybody else. I don't think you have the leverage over him the way that you did last year. Last year, you could at least hold the the franchise tag over his head and you were holding fines over his head every single day. He was If I'm the Kim, I'm much more likely to cave on week 17 of my holdout than I'm willing to cave now less than two weeks from the start of free agency.
3: I maintain, I think the Chiefs are the ones caving behind the scenes. I think the new cap money, which again, I believe Brett Veach knew about the new cap money before me and you, but I don't think it was something he knew about a year ago. I think that new cap and that new money makes them more willing to come closer to Chris Jones' number. And if Chris Jones is not willing to play ball, which is where they're getting the growing optimism, because it doesn't sound like he's got a hard line anymore, that they can get a deal done. Because Diana Rossini in that report from August says Chris wants a big number. We had heard through the grapevine that he wanted Aaron Donald's number. And I'm guessing he still wants that. But we haven't heard anything like that recently. We had the reporting yesterday from Ian Raffaport that the Chiefs are prioritizing Jones, James Palmer, the Chiefs are prioritizing Jones, Diana Rossini, Nate Taylor. There have been people in the know. Everyone in the world is at St. Elmo's up in Indianapolis right now enjoying shrimp cocktail and bourbon. And you know what? No report is coming out. Chris Jones has a hard line about being Aaron Donald. Those stories are July stories. That is not a February story. I think about caving the Chiefs have caved, and they're coming up and they're going to reach closer to Chris Jones number. And they're using this bonus cash to get it done. I also think Chris Jones is saying, I don't need to be Aaron Donald anymore. Just make me very, very wealthy. The big number is still going to be big, but I don't think it needs to be inordinate because that reporting about being Aaron Donald has ceased. I guess though, I, maybe why I don't think that
1: matters as much as why would he, I mean, at least when it comes to financially, what will have changed for Chris Jones over the last six months that would make him now bring his offer down. He went out there and did exactly what he was supposed to do. He didn't miss a game due to injury last season. He got double digit sacks. He was first team all pro. He made the pro bowl. They won the super bowl. It's not like this season. Chris Jones had six sacks got hurt and now it's, Hey, you were asking for this, but now things have changed. He's the same player that he was. Now, he didn't have the exact same season in 2023 that he did in 2022. I mean, that 2022 season was a monster year. He finished third in uh, in defensive player of the year voting two seasons ago. But if this year, if, if this was my price last year and I didn't do anything to diminish my value, I don't know why we should go into this negotiation assuming that Chris Jones has moved off of his number. If he was so steadfast on that number, he was willing to miss a regular season game for that number. I don't know if first team all pro win a Super Bowl. Now you're going into it, maybe looking to take a deal when you have the opportunity to take. I mean, that time to take the deal. That was a while ago. I would say if you were him. I mean, you were missing games when there really wasn't a reason to be missing games then at that point. Like, if you were Chris Jones and you were going to take the deal, wouldn't that deal have come after you missed all that money in training camp and then you'd missed the first game of the season? You remember, he wasn't a franchise tag guy last year. Chris Jones could have agreed to a long-term contract extension literally at any point this season with the Kansas City Chiefs. They could have done it in June, July, January. They could have did it the day before the Super Bowl. Literally at any point, they could have announced a long-term extension for Chris Jones. And they didn't agree to one. So I don't know why I should assume going into this that
3: the number has changed. But doesn't Brett Veach not negotiate during the season? Isn't that the thing they always tell us up in St. Joe every year? Hey, once the players get here, it's football time. We've had Sean Barber say it. We've had Mitchell Schwartz say it. We've heard other players say it. I, have, I can find a color. Andy Reid talks about how St. Joe's about business. In the reason they didn't get a deal done is because... The historic r- rule of thumb is Brett Veach ain't negotiating contracts during the season with the one exception being Patrick Mahomes funny money maneuvering around. But we both know Patrick Mahomes is just a different animal. If he walks into your office and says, give me more money. You got to got to do it. He historically is not a negotiate during the season kind of guy. That's just their hard line. Isn't that the answer to your question?
1: Yeah, but I guess to me in terms of the negotiation, someone on the text line says "See, out the older a player gets the more legacy thought crosses their mind. Maybe he's willing to take now less for that legacy. I'm, I guess my point is, if you were racking up fines every day the way that Chris Jones was, every day, imagine right now if, let's say that you at a job, and I know it's different. Let's say that you and your company was going back and forth about what your salary is, and they told you, you know what, don't even show up to work. Every day we're going to take this money out of your account. They did that every day with Chris Jones, and at no point he caved and said, all right, I'll take your offer. I just don't know why we think he caves in this scenario and takes your offer less than two weeks away from the start of free agency. Less than two
3: weeks. You're almost there. What's the old saying? I believe it's Terez saying deadlines make deals. Maybe the Chiefs are using that deadline. They understand the race and they are being far more flexible in the negotiations because Mm -hmm. you're you're right. right. There was a deadline. The fact that Chris Jones didn't go to camp and didn't play the first game of the season. But the Chiefs didn't have a deadline last year. Chris Jones could have sat at every game. It wouldn't have hurt the Chiefs' bottom line. It would have been good for the Chiefs. They would have been paid money to have him not play. That's a rare circumstance. This time, the deadline's in the Chiefs' court, not the inverse. Keep it right here.
4: It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive. Now CDOT's got one extra point.
1: Back in on the drive on Sixton Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. Appreciate you listening and making us a part of your day. I don't know if you guys saw this story or not, but people are very, very mad at McCole Hartman. It all really started with his appearance on The Pivot. If you missed it, he went on the very popular podcast, The Pivot, and said this. Telling you right, I, I was so checked out. Like, it's over. <laughs> I already talked to Visa Pat, like, hey, bro, come get me, bro. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, I, 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 <laughs> what are we talking about? Like, man, come get me. Bro, like. So that was McCole Hardman a couple days ago when he was on The Pivot podcast. Let's be clear here. If you are under contract and you reach out to a general manager of another team and engage in conversations behind the team's back, that's called tampering. You can't do that. And then it went one step further. This audio is courtesy of The Athletic. Well, things are certainly getting
5: interesting between the Jets and their former receiver, McCole Hardman, Super Bowl hero, McCole Hardman for the Kansas City Chiefs. We already know about that podcast appearance that he gave where he trashed the Jets' usage of him, said that he was openly campaigning to Chiefs general manager, Brett and quarterback Patrick Mahomes to come and get him. Well, it's a little bit more than that. As Sauce Gardner and Kenny Gaboa alluded to on Wednesday, uh, there is validated belief within the Jets organization. I am told that Hardman, frustrated with how little the Jets were using him, was leaking game plans to the opposition, specifically before the game against the Philadelphia Eagles and before the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, are the Jets going to pursue actions on this, reach out to the league, see if they can discipline this? Well, we will see, but the one thing that they are going to do as Joe Douglas said on Wednesday is they are going to look into filing tampering charges because if Hardman did in fact reach out to the Chiefs and ask Veach and ask Mahomes to come get him, that is tampering and there can be discipline from the league in terms of draft compensation given to the Jets. Now, with the game plan leaking, it might be a little bit harder for the Jets to specifically prove that, but they might look into it because obviously, that is not a very good situation.
1: McCole, Number one, I just... I don't understand. This is what I don't understand. You're trying to get, I don't want to say back into the league, but right now you are not employed by any NFL team. Not one. And Let's be clear here. I'm not calling you a fringe NFL player, but I mean, you had 200 yards receiving this year. You're a role player a very replaceable role player. I don't know if I would be on podcast, maybe mentioning the fact that you possibly tampered with another NFL team. I don't know if that's good. And also it doesn't matter if whether or not you did this or not. I I don't really care that much about it. It's really the fact that there is an NFL team that believes that you broke the code. There's an NFL team that believes you did that, that you took their plays, their information, and because you were upset and frustrated for whatever reason with your current employer that you gave up the information. Let's say if I'm the Atlanta Falcons, and let's say I'm interested in McColl Hardman. Man, one of the questions that I'm asking McColl Hardman is, hey, what happens if things don't go your way here? Like, it happened before, right? You've only worked in Kansas City's environment. We, we're not Kansas City. When you left Kansas City and things didn't go how you thought it would go, people around the league think you did this. No, man, that's not what happened. This just seems, seems real dicey. I'm not saying this gets McColl kicked out of the league, but you're not on firm enough ground to have these kind of accusations and this on your permanent record. You're not a good enough player for people to think this about you. So I would maybe cancel any of my media appearances when it comes to it. I would just kind of let this storm blow over because eventually it it blows over. And at least for the tampering, I mean, that's kind of easy to prove if you're the NFL. I mean, that's what happened with jeremy macklin I mean, you could prove hey jeremy macklin and Andy reed have this conversation they had it before they were supposed to that's a violation the chiefs get dinged for it i just would i, I would just tread very lightly i guess if i'm mccall Hardman, at least on this issue
3: maybe not hero to goat because that's a dramatic fall from grace but if mccall Hardman went on this podcast and said that there was tampering and the nfl goes out and proves it do you think a little of the shine of him catching the game-winning catch comes off McCole Hardman? Because McCole Hardman had a very tumultuous tenure in Kansas City. And by all accounts, it looks like he's going to walk out on the highest of highs. He's on the cover of SI. He caught the game-winning catch in the Super Bowl. The newest overtime rules. He's the hero of the rules. And then he's on a podcast And the Chiefs tampered to get me. Unless the Chiefs get dinged for that. They got dinged a third and a sixth for Jerry Macklin. Do you think fans pivot back to anger with McColl if they get dinged because he went on the pivot podcast or talking spicy? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a chance that the Chiefs get penalized. I mean, the
1: league is going to do an investigation. They have to. Like, I mean, in in NFL circles, this is a big accusation. It's, It's a big accusation. I mean the Chiefs, when this happened to them before, they they lost a third round pick by it because of Jeremy Macklin. So, I mean it's a it's a thing. I certainly don't think that it's nothing. Like it's something that it will it will die down and then we will get an update here coming up in the next couple of months over the course of the summer. We will get an update on how what this means. Someone on the text line says he got his 15 minutes and got loose lips. I I, I mean, that's kind of what I think happened. I think McColl was in a situation of, man, I'm being asked to do stuff I've never been asked to do. I caught the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. They want me to do the celebrity game at the NBA. I'm getting asked to do podcasts. I've never, like... Doing the pivot's a really big deal. I mean, it's one of the more popular athlete-driven podcasts. It's, it's a big deal to go on their show. I'm being asked to do this. They would have never asked me to do this before. And I think in that environment, you get a little comfortable. you sitting there with the fellas. you just talking. you telling them stories. And you probably gave them some information that you weren't supposed to give.
3: The game plan leaking thing. Woof. That... You The tampering is not going to keep him out of the league. I don't think he's going to get blackballed from the league from the game plan thing. But if the game plan thing comes to be true, I don't know that he has an NFL job at this time next
1: year. Yeah, no, we'll see. Someone says, certainly this isn't the first time that someone has told someone from the other team to come get me after the game. The thing that people are mad about is not the fact that he said it about Patrick Mahomes. It's the fact that he said, I'm telling Brett Veach. That's the thing that's going to get him in trouble, potentially. And you're right. You have to prove that Brett Veach entertained this. It's a podcast. The league will investigate it, though. The Jets already said we want them to. So the the league's going to investigate, and we'll see how true it was. I mean, it could be just guys talking on a podcast. I don't know. But yeah, him telling Patrick Mahomes come get me is... Patrick Mahomes can't make a trade. (laughs) Brett Beach can make a trade. So... The Royals have a day game tomorrow during spring training, so we will be on after the Royals game. I don't know what time that'll be, but are you going to be here tomorrow, Rob? Are you, you know, you, you're like sometimey. Sometimes you want to
3: work, sometimes you don't want to come to work. Who knows with you, man? I will be here tomorrow. The minute that spring training game's in, I'm locked in. Okay. Big ninety minute show coming. Here you go.
1: <laughs> See you guys. I'm tomorrow. like the Cal
3: Ripken Jr. of the show. Always here.
1: You've missed more days than me this year. Is that not surprising? We're two months into the year. I haven't missed a show. You've, been, you've missed six or seven of them. You're not committed. That's your problem, Mr. Drive.
2: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy
0: in every journey.